everybody. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of 10 Minute Tuesday. If you have not already, please like, share, and subscribe. On today's episode, I have Miss Kimberly on here. Kimberly, what's going on? Not much, just hanging, hanging and swinging, as the cop used to say way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining me on 10 Minute Tuesday. We've done a number of these, so Kimberly can go ahead and introduce yourself. Okay, so I'm Kimberly Dees. I am currently a Kelp health, chemical and health informaticist living and working in the metro DC area. I'm also a PhD candidate in healthcare informatics, six credits to go. That seemed like a long, long way to go. Um, I also am the co-founder of Black Ties, which is an organization dedicated to helping Black individuals transition and sustain in data careers. A little about me. So, wow, number of things, juggling a lot, PhD, got your career, Black Tides. Um, but at a certain point, you had to get your start. So what really compelled you to get into data to begin with? I think what ultimately compelled me was that I knew that I didn't want to get a PhD in like biochemistry or something like that. So I worked in a lab for a number of years. I'd done really well. But I knew I didn't want to get a PhD in that area. And I also knew as a Black woman that I was going to bump my head up on the ceiling. And so I started looking into some other things that I could do. I want to give a shout out to my girlfriend, Lori, who's the founder of Black Women in Tech. And she's the one that said, why don't you think about, you know, pivoting into learning Epic and doing healthcare data? And I said, sure, I'll do that. And so um, referred to a family member and they, you know, started me off on Java, which felt like suicide at the time. But and it took me a year to finish. I love telling this story. It took me a year to finish a Java course, but it made me fearless in the face of other programming languages that I would learn in the future. So that ended up being a good thing for me. So I started with Java, got a position as a um as an intern, bioinformatics intern, and then slowly started pivoting from there into where I am now as an informaticist. Wow. Yeah. Starting with Java makes the rest of the world much easier. That's your yeah. starting point. <laughs> You're coming backwards. Then. It was it was a lot. And I quit probably 10 times. It took me a year to get through the course. I quit at least 10 times, threw my computer out the window multiple times. <laughs> I've just been talking about that, but it was really frustrating because as a scientist, we, we don't do this assignment of variables thing, right? That's a cat. That's a dog. It's not X equals cat. And I mean, you know this from mathematics, right? So you know this from algebra. So once I started to remember, okay, I know this, let me think about it more mathematically. That's when it started to click for me. I thought, okay, wait, so that's the same variable thing that we did in, in algebra. So that's when it really started to click, when I started to frame it around mathematics as opposed to however it is that they teach it. I actually don't recall how they taught it back in the day. It wasn't as efficient as they do today, I can tell you that. But um, thinking about it mathematically is what made it click. You know, you're the first person in my career who has broken down to me that way to where it is simple math, right? X equals this and then... Thank you. So nobody else got anything. I got anything on today's episode. This is fantastic. You're welcome. <laughs> this is I great. Think helps people, if you just remember, it's it's algebra, it's math. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right. So moving on, understanding your career, uh, you're like I said, PhD. You're working where you're at now, but at some point, I'm sure there were some jobs that you had that you did not like. So mm -hmm. today, what's been your least favorite job? And it does not necessarily have to be data related. I wouldn't say that they were least favorite jobs. And the reason is because, say, two years ago, if you'd asked me this question, I would have said absolutely unequivocally data scientists, <laughs> because most of what I've done as a data scientist is just clean data, merge data, munge data, maybe 10 percent modeling, maybe 20 percent visualization and analysis and the rest, whatever's left. But 60 percent, it's all cleaning and munging and didn't enjoy it so much. 
these days, there's so much overlap between the different job titles, you know, data architect, data engineer, data analyst. There's just a lot of back and forth in terms of job titles. So I can't really say that there's anything job I didn't like. I can speak to environments which were more challenging than say other environments I've worked on. So startup would be a real good example of a, an environment where it was very, very challenging. And honestly, I think a lot of the reason why was because I didn't have a village at that point when I went to, to work there. I had somewhat of a village, but I didn't lean on as much as, as nearly as much as I do now. And when I say lean on at least once a week, I'm talking with someone in my data village about some solution I need to have. So it might be, how do I get stakeholder, you know, buy-in to this idea that I have? It might be, man, this other person on the team is really working my last nerve. Like, but bottom line is that you have to have these people that are in your life and your career to kind of sustain you through the ups and downs that occur in your career. I, th I definitely think that's key. Have you found in your journey that as you become more involved and done more things that your village has meant more to you as a safe place for you to go and talk to? I've tweeted this many, many times that there were so many times in, in the last five years, especially where I just wanted to quit because the work environments were just that toxic, right? So you, you deal with the confluence of race and um, ethnicity and, and gender, Right. So let me be very clear. The biggest challenge I've had in the in my career at all has been gender. And so, um, you know, overcoming those challenges is hard. And when the person who's, you know, not working with you well is also your gender. So that that's kind of a new thing. I wasn't really yeah. prepared to deal with that. So I can say that certainly having a village has been super important. And I feel like the higher I go up, the food chain, the more critical and more important my village becomes. Because if you're looking at anything in the news, you, you're realizing that Black women are kind of having a hard time as it relates to being at the upper echelons, especially in, in academia. So that's where I think that village is super important. And I recognize through other women's stories that the most important thing I can do besides believe in myself, no matter what, is to maintain a village, maintain direct, regular contact with my village. And I call them my data fam, right? So, and they know who they are. Shout out to the data fam. Uh, Y'all are great. Definitely awesome people. You know, it's really fascinating for me is that I read stuff on the news probably before I got married and just understood, didn't really understand some of the battles that you all had, but I'm married, married to a black woman. And now I'm seeing it like firsthand of like some of the challenges that that's really going on. It's like, whoa, like this is really insane. It is uh, profoundly insane. Some of what um, some of us are dealing with. It, it's just really bad. And I think that, and I, I mean, I mentioned this on LinkedIn. I don't think there's a, I don't know a black woman that hasn't had some obstacle or some challenge. What's interesting to me is when it's either from someone of another minority group or when it's from another woman, that's the nuance that again, wasn't on my bingo card for 2024, right? So, you know, how do you, you know, work to move around those types of systems? And again, you just rely on your data fam. And I just want to shout out my data fam, and then they know who they are. I, I tag them, but I also want to specifically shout out Nime. Nime has welcomed me with open arms. I'm an ambassador for Nime. I'm going to be doing some data connects here in DC starting next month. And so again, I think you have to get past the idea that your data family might not look or be who you think it is. I'll put it that way. So be open to anyone wanting to support your career. And Nime is an organization that's out of Switzerland. So definitely didn't see that coming, but I'm certainly <laughs> happy to have the support. Love that. Love that. So Moving on to the next question, uh, understanding different jobs, talked about startup and then PhD and you're working. 
Um, a lot of lessons I'm sure you've learned. So what's one lesson your job has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? This is going to sound real cliche, but that whole believe in yourself and know your worth. I mean, it, it does sound cliche. I think because, <clears throat> again, depending, excuse me, depending on your background, because you're going to be dealing with so many nicks in the armor and so many, you know, insidious and not so insidious challenges to who you are and what you're bringing to the table, the absolute most important thing you can do is to know what you're bringing to the table, to value yourself and always believe in yourself. And it sounds, again, very cliche, but it is the most fundamentally basic thing that I think you can do. Fantastic advice. Great advice. That self-belief takes you so far, especially like when you're like one of the only ones in the room, like you have to be able to pat yourself on the back for the smallest thing. And I think one other thing, too, if I can elaborate on that point, the other thing I wasn't prepared for as I you know, got more education, you know, got into a field where people that looked like me were like 0.0001%, I mean, just phenomenally low, right? Um, you have to absolutely, as I mentioned, you have to focus on believing in yourself. But more importantly, I wasn't prepared for excellence to be a threat, right? I was very familiar with incompetence being an issue, but incompetence is not the issue. Excellence will bring you far more challenges in the workplace than incompetence ever will. And no one prepared me for that. Like I just, that was really something to, to try to work my mind around. And I think that that would be the one, probably the third thing I would tell people is to be aware that being excellent can be challenging and more challenging than being incompetent. So true, so true. All right, so thinking about someone who's just starting out in their career, like what is one piece of advice you give them? Practice. <laughs> you know, I mention all the time because I teach uh, data, you know, through Black Ties, and I also plan to return back to the classroom once I finish my PhD and hopefully work with other students that want to get PhDs in informatics. Um, you absolutely have to practice, practice, practice. Pra like there's just no substitute for that. And I mention all the time that you know, having a career that requires coding is not like riding a bicycle. You can just hop back on and you automatically pick it up. The moment you stop doing a thing, it just, you know, gets substituted with this other thing that you're doing. So as an example, I think in the last five years, I've worked with like five different programming languages, right? SAS, I think in one job, Python in another, R in another, you know, R, and now I'm doing a lot with NIME and Python, RDKit. It's not the same, right? So you have to create you know, opportunities for yourself to always go back and practice. So sometimes I'll post on LinkedIn, like I'm doing a SQL Saturday or a Sasser day, right? Yeah. Just to get that practice in. And I'll invite some friends to come along with the code reviews that I do through Black Tides. And so you absolutely have to practice. That is the most important thing. And not just practice like, I don't know, A equals one and B equals two. You actually have to use some data. So what I always suggest is if you're into finance and find a financial data set and practice on that. If you're into health care, find some healthcare data, lung cancer data, Ebola data, um, and practice on that. So whatever area that you either are specialized in or you know the best or you want to specialize in, make sure you practice your coding, your projects in those languages that you know using data that you're familiar with. I think that's fantastic advice and kind of piggybacking off that to another question. Do you find from transferring to different languages, so you mentioned R, Python, Nine, has your learning style been you understand concepts and then you apply it to the technology or do you have a different learning style? I actually am a visual person. So for me, it's really important to see myself doing things. This is old school, you know, because I was a scientist, there's also a part where I write things down, but I very 
early recognized that I take a I've taken a lot of programming notes and have rarely looked at them. So now what I do is, you know, you have the, op the option to comment your code. So now what I do is I actually will put things that I need to remember, important concepts directly as a comment. If I'm, you know, working in our studio in R or if I'm working with um, working with Python. So I'll just comment my code. So I actually do my commenting of the note taking, quote unquote, directly in whatever, um, you know, coding environment I'm in. And that's just a much easier way for me to remember. Now, some people still need, you know, books and reading things. And that's another thing. I probably invested thousands of dollars in books, but I hardly ever read them, right? But when I need to go back to fundamentals, and that's why you need the books, right? So when I need to go back to fundamentals or something where I kind of understand on a higher level what's going on, but I don't understand the nuances, that's where the books come in. So that's, that's my learning style. It really is by, by visualization and by doing. And so I take notes directly into the programming environment and I'm able to go back and look at it and I'll know what I did because, you know, I can be kind of wordy sometimes, but it's really helpful for me to do it that way. Awesome. Awesome. Um, great learning style. I haven't done that. I write, but I've done like writing notes and then what did I, do? what did I mean by that? Like, I, and exactly. I'm going to start. <laughs> That's another problem. Right? I totally get that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Uh, tell me about the most influential people in your life and how they made an impact on you. That's a really good, I mean, pretty much every black woman in data, <laughs> right? Um, I'm here because of um, B-Wise. Um, there were many times where I was standing on the edge of the cliff and Miss um, Jefferson, I can't think of her first name, but she runs B-Wise and she's on LinkedIn and she just said, come on, sister, come on back off the cliff. <laughs> or Dr. Marshall, right? Giving me some great advice. So I would definitely say my village of black women have been highly inspiring. Um, you know, again, keeping it real with the challenges that there are, but also saying that you got this, right? There's nothing more important than you got this. And of course, I have to give a shout out to Sia Seiko, who is the right-hand woman for Black Tides. Uh, again, don't know what I would be without my village of Black women who are in data. They have absolutely been phenomenal. And then others, of course, and I've had other allies in data as well, but specifically Black women, because they know what I've been through, right? And they yeah. can kind of guide me along the way. And I think that the point that you don't need mentorship is the point that you're ready for retirement. I think that wherever you are on the continuum of success, you always need someone that you can kind of rely on and talk to because again, as a black woman, there are always going to be challenges until retirement. Yeah. That's great. Great. Shout out to all three of y'all. Y'all. I know, uh, see ya. Haven't met the other two, but they sound amazing. So we'll get them yes. on here one day. All right, Miss Kimberly, where can listeners find you at online? So I am on LinkedIn as Kimberly D. And at this point, if you Googled, you could figure out what my real name is. I don't know why I leave it that way, but that's just the way I set it up. Because I think when originally I got on LinkedIn, I kind of had some issues about privacy. So I've, that's how long I've been on LinkedIn. But now that's kind of all worked out. And the fact of the matter is with a Google search, people can figure out what they need to know anyway. So there's that. <laughs> so I'm on LinkedIn. Obviously, um, I'm on Black Ties. And so we have both a um, Twitter page and a uh, LinkedIn page you can find us on. And Kimformatics.com, um, not real sure if I got that link working yet. I need to double check that. <laughs> At any rate, if you check me out on either LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, KDDs um, for my Twitter account, I'll be happy to, you know, ask any questions or inquire and certainly invite you to any of the events that we have with Black Tides. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking time out today. This is great. I learned a lot. This is amazing. I really appreciate you. Thank you for having this again. This is a part of that village thing that I talk about, right? So having a, a you know not so great day and Tuesdays, unfortunately, are typically the days that are not so great for me for whatever reason. I can go to LinkedIn, listen to you talking to someone, saying something amazing, 
And now my day is reset. So thank you for having this this um, this program and this platform. Appreciate your contributions to data. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And like I said in the beginning, if you haven't already, please like, share, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you all next week. Have a great day.